The views and opinions expressed on Girl Truth are those of the person appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Evelyn House. Welcome to Girl Truth. What lens are you looking through? A podcast by girls of color for girls of color, where we share our own stories, create our own narratives, and talk about things that are important to us. The first season of Girl Truth, What Lens Are You Looking Through, is sponsored by members of the Eva Lorehouse Board of Directors, Alexandria Leibowitz, Ashley Johnson, and Nancy Gilliam, our producer and advisor. Welcome to Girl Truth. Today we are looking through the lens of... Fame. Tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. Who is Bayina Golf? Well, I am 16 and I'm a junior in high school. I have a job and I do all sorts of different after school activities. I play field hockey in the fall. I am the manager of the wrestling team during the winter and sometimes it leads into the spring. We don't really have any matches during the spring, but it's just the practices that I like to watch. And then I used to play lacrosse for the spring sport, but then I didn't really see an improvement in myself like I did in field hockey. So I thought if I'm not improving, I should just drop it, you know, free up some of my spring time. It's a little bit of a challenge balancing school, work, and other curricular activities, but I handle it pretty okay. I'm also in... Our our Saturday um, program for school called Rising Scholars. I like going to Rising Scholars when I can. Um, it's fun. A lot of my friends are in it, and it's basically like helping you prepare for like college and future jobs and stuff. And then I'm also in another program by the um, AKA sorority called the Ivy Academy. I've been in this one since I was in ninth grade. I do my best to show up to the meetings because I also have other Saturday programs, as in wrestling matches that happen early in the morning, and then the Rising Scholars meetings. But other than that, I think that's just about it, school curricular-wise and job-wise. Job is okay. What do you hope to accomplish in life? Well, I hope to accomplish a lot of things, but starting off small, I want to accomplish getting into my favorite college, the one that I want to go to, like, super bad. (laughs) My sister goes there. She's a senior. It's Bowie State University. It's down in Maryland, and it's not too far because I have family down in Maryland and also family down in Virginia, and it's not far from Pennsylvania either, so it's basically, like, two hours from each way, so... During each break, I can decide which family member I want to go see and just, you know, surprise and pop up in on them. (laughs) I also want to accomplish learning to code. I don't know if I want to do C++ or JavaScript or just something small, but, like, I do want to get into the coding world. I also want to accomplish living on my own for at least a year. Just on my own in an apartment, maybe with like a roommate or something or my best friend. But like I want to accomplish living away from my mom and my little siblings. You know, just me on my own. 
What are some things people have assumed about you that just aren't true? Um, some people assume that I'm mean, <laughs> but it's okay. I just have like, um, sometimes I just have a natural face where it looks like I don't want to talk to you, <laughs> but I'm actually a really nice person in my opinion. And I love making new friends as my mom calls me the social butterfly of the family. It also gets assumed that I don't eat because I'm skinny, <laughs> but it's the exact opposite. I like to eat. I like my food. It's amazing. So why don't you tell our listening audience what it's like being a young Muslim girl in Delaware County? Well, there's really like not a lot of Muslims out there. I mean, there are, but at the same time, not a lot of them like show that they are like, boy and girl-wise, some of them aren't covered. And I mean, hey, do what you want to do. But you don't really, like, figure out that some people are Muslim till like, Ramadan comes around. And you're like, whoa, I never knew you were Muslim. When did that happen? <laughs> that, like, recently happened at my job. Like, two of my coworkers were Muslim. I was like, wow, I didn't even know that. But um, it's a little difficult trying to find someone that, like, I can relate with about certain things. I'm friends with, like, just about a good amount of Muslims at my school, but we don't really talk a lot. It's just a high here and there, or we see each other during Ramadan when we're praying. Just not a lot of talking between a lot of us. Well, me and the others. In your Evelor House graduation speech, you made a statement that rocked the audience. Do you remember that statement? Yeah. Can you share it with our listeners? It was um, it was really nerve-wracking. I had a whole speech down on my phone, and then I just had a little note card just to, like, figure out, like, what points to remember to pick up on. But then when I got up, I forgot my phone. <laughs> so I was like, dang, you gotta, you gotta do this all from memory. All from memory. It went pretty well, better than I thought it did. It was better than the initial speech. But I talked about, you know, like, who I who I am, like, the things I do in life, how I was, like, 15 and soph- in sophomore year, even though I was supposed to be a freshman. But, hey, we don't talk about that part. <laughs> um, I also talked about how, like, how other people, like, interacted with me, like, in different places. I don't know them, but they would just give me weird looks or they would say stuff about how... Basic, basically, like, I had this fear. I don't have it at, um anymore. Like, I've overcome it. But this whole fear that people, um that, like, random strangers look at me as a terrorist or, like, a threat because of the stares that I get or, like, the way I see people talking around me. And it was just, like, sort of this, like, fear that I created and didn't really talk about. I didn't talk to my mom about it because I didn't know how she would feel. She would. I didn't know if she'd be like, "Oh, that's that's like irrational." You know that people aren't thinking of you that way. I just never talked to anyone about it. It was just one of those fears that I kept to myself. And I remember you saying that you hadn't shared that with anyone, not even your mom. So, what was it like carrying that burden alone? It was, um, it definitely weighed on me whenever I, like, went out to, um, go have fun with friends, like, over in Philly or maybe in other areas, because I know that when I'd be walking the streets just trying to get to my destination, people, some people would give me weird looks, or 
they'd um like bump into me just a little bit. Not all the way, not nothing, not nothing, not anything too rude, but like it's still rude. But um I just didn't know like how I would tell somebody this without see seeming like this is like a dumb fear or something. And so what are some of the things that people said or did that made you feel the way you felt? Like, I would just be walking, minding my own business, and then I'd just start getting these dirty looks. Or, like, when I'd walk past, like, two people or maybe, like, even a group, they'd start whispering after I've, like, walked past them. In my head, it was like they're probably talking about me. And then, the, like, the dirty looks just instantly gave me the, why don't this, why doesn't this person like me? I don't even know them. I've never seen this person in my life. What did I do to them? At what point did you decide you were going to share your feelings at graduation and why? It would be when Miss Cheryl told me that I was going to be um, giving a speech at graduation. It really, like, shocked me because it would be like, me? Speak at graduation? I'm, like, good at speaking to other people. I just wasn't really sure about, like, speaking to, like, a whole, like, audience of people. And she told me that it had to be something, like, just not one of those average speeches just had to be something good and I was like I feel like I should talk about my fear because we did a um an exercise in the program where we all talked about some like a fear we have or something we never told anybody about and I felt like it was a good opportunity to like speak on that and try to overcome it and what was your mom's reaction after she heard that speech um just like everybody else is in the crowd, I started tearing up. Every, everybody cried. There was yeah. a lot of crying. <laughs> a I lot of crying. <laughs> but, like, she gave me a hug and everything. And, then, like, after that speech, I really felt like I did it. Like, I overcame this fear. Nothing can stop me. My mom knows about it now. So it's not like I'm just holding it in anymore. So it's been almost two years since you shared your feelings for the first time. Would you say things have gotten better, worse, or are they about the same? I'd say things have gotten better. I don't really pay attention to people in the streets anymore. I'm not focused on whether or not they're focused on me. Um, I've definitely overcome it because whatever you think about me is what you think about me. I don't even know you, so the fact that you have an opinion on me is weird. But, um... Just focus on getting where I need to be because a lot of the times I can be late. So I got to focus on running across the street whether or not uh, somebody's staring at me like I'm a weirdo. And what words of encouragement would you share with a young Muslim girl who might be experiencing the same feelings that you had? I would definitely say just focus on you. A lot of people are going to have their opinions on you, but it doesn't really matter unless you let it affect you. People are weird. People are definitely weird. Just having an opinion on someone who you haven't met, nor do you know the backstory of, is definitely weird. It's better to focus on what you're doing in life rather than what the other strangers around you are doing, whether they're worried about you. I say focus on getting better so you can show those people who think you are what you aren't. So you can, like, upstage them or something. Just show them that you're, like, the bomb.com and that they're definitely wrong. Because let's be honest, they're definitely wrong. Just, like, do you. Definitely do you. Even though that's kind of cliche, 
We all know it's right. Do you. Those haters ha- need to do something else, like go cook some food at home instead of going to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> What do you hope our listeners will learn from listening to this episode and from listening to the podcast in general? I hope that they'll learn that there is always somebody out there who have who may have experienced the same things of you as you and that we talk about a lot of different things on here that people can relate to and that being who you are genuinely is always a great thing because there's nothing wrong with who you are. You are the best person that you can be, no matter what you are. No matter what race, what religion, what sexuality, you are you, and that's just about it. Nobody can take that from you. And nobody can take the amount of enrichment and growth that I've experienced from knowing you. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. And I truly look forward to rocking out with you in season two. Thanks, Baina. You're welcome. I'm glad to be joining season two. Girl Truth is recorded at The Bat Base. Our engineer is Len Webb, a.k.a. Bat Tribble. A very special thank you to the Evelor House, a place we all call home. The Evelor House is a nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting the well-being and leadership of girls of color in the Philadelphia region under the leadership of Executive Director Sherilyn Watling. Want to learn more about the Evelor House and Girl Truth? Visit us on the web at www.evelorhouse.org/girltruth.